0: is this thing on hi everybody welcome back to it's called self-care honey i'm here today with my oldest and dearest friend Elena robinson we've been best friends since high school um i'm up here in middle Portland. school oh my god middle school bitch you right i'm so <laughs> sorry middle school since sixth grade actually we rode together on the bus the rest is history um, I'm up here in Portland visiting her and we're also going to report record. I literally can't talk. It's a, a horrible. I talk too fast, and that, Edit and that I just, out. True. Ad flag. <laughs> um We're up here in Portland. I'm up here in Portland visiting her and recording the podcast and hanging out. Actually, I actually haven't seen her since November, so this is perfect timing, and she gets to be on the second episode of my podcast, my first interviewee you can say hello hi guys <laughs> i'm elena well you just said that but it's me it's I'm fine here. the beginning of this is probably going to be super awkward because this is the first time i've recorded anybody and i don't know if this is elena's first time being recorded so it'll probably kind of formal and awkward in the beginning welcome back guys so we're just going to get right into asking questions um, and kind of get into the interview, because I don't want this one to be as long as my last podcast, but I'm having a feeling it probably will be. Uh, but this is, like I said last time, going to be an interview-type podcast where I ask questions and get answers back. It's not going to be really back and forth. It's just going to be more of like an informative thing about experiences with mental health and mental illness. Um, so I think I'm just going to get right into it and ask Elena the first question. I'm ready. <laughs> So the very first question is, what is your diagnosis, and how do you feel about it? So I am diagnosed with depersonalization disorder, which is pretty much a dissoci dissociation. <laughs> oh, Edit that out. Sound- Make <laughs> me sound smart. There's so many S's. Like we don't know. I know. Okay, dissociative disorder, and I also have anxiety which is induced by the dissociation and I think we all I don't know this is how I was explaining in therapy if you have anxiety you most likely have depression too it's kind of like a coin one side is like depression one side's anxiety because they kind of just like work off each other agreed yeah. yeah I definitely the people that I talk to that have Like, anxiety or depression, most likely always have the other one. Yeah, you most likely have, like, if you have one, you'll have the other. Yeah, and sometimes they definitely, like, induce the other. They, like, piggyback off of each other. Because I'm usually, I'll get anxious and then I'll get depressed Mm -hmm. about being anxious. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a shit cycle. (laughs) It really is, yeah. So, how do you feel about your diagnosis? Um, And be as honest as and you want to be brutally honest. Yeah, I'm I will be. <laughs> I'm a cancer, honey. <laughs> um so I was diagnosed probably 2 years ago and I know that sounds like a long time, but it's actually not considering like I didn't have any sort of mental health issues before that. So I'm still figuring it out and it's still really new to me and i'm learning how to cope with it every single day but right now i say i feel i'm pretty good about it i i would not say that a year ago but i've really learned how to like deal with it and cope with it and it's i have my good days and i have my bad days but i feel like i'm in a spot where i feel more in control that's good. I hope, I hope that answered the question. No, it did definitely. Okay. I don't want <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you need to take give me like a super long answer because you just say whatever you feel like saying or like yeah. whatever comes to your head and I that's mean, totally suffices. It's been a long uphill battle, I would say. Yeah. You kind and of have to like start from the bottom. No, I did, and it was really terrifying at first. Should I explain what it is? Yeah, I, like I think I'll, well, let me see. Um. Yeah, because whenever I say, like, what is your diagnosis, I maybe, yeah, also give, like, a brief description because I don't think a lot of people mm, yeah, understand Yeah, a lot what of people is. don't know what it is, and I literally just found out 10 minutes ago that 2% of the population have this. Yeah, 2% of the population get diagnosed with this, or have been diagnosed with this, which, I mean, seems like a lot in the grand scheme of the population of the world, but that's still compared to people with, like, more, I guess, I don't want to say, like, mainstream mental illness it's different but, than depression yeah it's, it's more definitely more rare than depression um and anxiety and like bipolar disorder so two percent is like a lot compared to I don't know how much depression anxiety is but I can definitely guarantee more than two percent yeah so it's a weird thing because I feel like I feel really awkward telling people about it because it's such a rare thing Mm -hmm. that i'll meet someone who's like oh yeah i totally know what you're talking about they're just like what the fuck is that (laughs) i feel like this is a good opportunity for you to explain it though and like tell people like i that's almost what i'm hoping with this podcast is people like more information along with also like i said before like a community of people who feel safe But also, like, informative. Because before you got diagnosed with this, I had never heard of it before. Same. I had no... I thought I was losing my mind. (laughs) That was... And whenever I looked it up online, that was one of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. People, like, automatically, they feel crazy. Well, I know that now. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, I'm fucking losing my goddamn mind. Mm -hmm. I literally thought I was insane. And I was like, yep, it's time to get checked into the psych ward. Oh, my gosh. I literally felt like that. So and explain some of the symptoms that you were having at first, like why so, you decided to go in. Yeah, so I had a really rough year and I decided to move back to my hometown. And I stopped partying, which I stopped drinking. I used to drink a lot. I think everyone who knows me kind of knows <laughs> that about me. I was a huge... Moved me and Elena in high school. Yeah, I was <laughs> quite the party girl back in... High school and in college. Like, freshman year. Yeah, I was insane. hmm And a hardcore stoner for about four years. So, after I moved back home, I completely stopped drinking. I completely stopped smoking weed. And at first, I was feeling really good. And then I started having these, I'm going to call them episodes, because that's what my um, therapist calls them, because I really don't know what else to call them, mm-hmm. but... Where I would be, I remember the first time I ever felt it, I was at the gym, and all of a sudden, I just felt this, like, wave of, like, silence. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you feel like you're the only person in the room. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. And I just checked out, and it was like I was watching myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And like an out of body experience, is, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. completely is. And I remember I was completely horrified. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. And I started to have a panic attack because I, that was my only first response. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is happening to me? Yeah. And the anxiety is like kicking in, and then your body just like goes into fight or flight yeah, mode. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't remember what, I don't remember because also a part of my mental disorder is that I kind of lose chunks of memory mm-hmm. like I have a hard time remembering stuff when I'm in when I'm having an episode mm-hmm. like I just kind of I don't know if it's anxiety or just the mental disorder itself but I kind of just like check out completely and I'm so in my head and i just feel like i'm in the background of my life yeah if that makes sense like a blackout moment yeah but but like you like you were there you experienced i'm it, but conscious it's like... there's a lot of people who have it worse than me because they will completely black out and That's not scary. remember yeah no i feel blessed in a way <laughs> because people will have these episodes and won't remember anything for like four days Oh my gosh. Like, people will completely like, and they'll come to the next day, like, at work. Wow. You know? So, like, driving or something? Yeah. That's like a hazard almost. Yeah, no, it's like extreme. And that's like, that's not what I have. And I'm grateful for that. But then at the same time, I'm like, I kind of wish I'd just black out because I hate the feelings so much. Yeah. I mean, both of those things are scary, especially if you've never experienced any, like, mental illness things before and then like all of a sudden you're like why do i feel like i'm like floating above my body i just like feel very out of it and you're just like it almost i feel like you almost think like is there something physically wrong with me yeah is that what you thought at first like was there something um, physically wrong with you like am i sick or something like am i getting my sick? first thought was brain tumor oh god don't webmd this shit people This <laughs> is <just laughs> no and i and i um i don't know i just thought i was going crazy yeah for sure and i feel like anyone would if they had never experienced yeah. something like that before they'd be like either yeah. that or just like i'm about to pass out or yeah, something like it that it was crazy and horrifying and terrifying and like even thinking back on it now it kind of sends my body into weird mode because it's just like so scary yeah and um after that, I had that first episode, and I kind of, like, snapped my way out of it, mm-hmm. and I went home, and then the next following month, I just kept having episodes where it would be, like, hours at a time. Yeah. And I would just... I felt so scared and alone and, like, isolated, because I would isolate myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I stopped, I completely stopped going to school, which, that's not me, like, I'm a good student, and, like, I completely stopped going to school, because I kept having episodes in class, and I would be so anxious and scared that I would just, like, leave class, and just, like, go cry in my car, because it was just, like, fucking awful. Yeah, and you just, like, you obviously from an outsider's perspective they're probably like is she okay like what's going on but like yeah, to you, and you're you like can, yeah like I feel insane no I felt fucking insane and I didn't know how to reach out to people I mean I told my boyfriend but at the same time no one knows about it so he was just he was super supportive and nice but mm-hmm. like you know he was like I don't get it yeah you know which I totally get because it's so weird well, would you describe the episodes as, like, like disassociating, basically? Yeah, it okay. is, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I think that, like, also it's important to note that I think in the past, people definitely had no idea, like, what disassociating was mm-hmm. or anything. Some odd reason, like, in the last, like, six months or a year, there's been, like, a weird Twitter thing about disassociating, like, kind of as a joke, yeah. even though it's, like, not funny. Because it's, like, very scary and serious to people. It is. And I see those tweets and stuff all the time, and it actually, like... Pisses me off because Yeah, it's like not funny. Like people whenever I say whenever. <laughs> Sorry my cat is crazy. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um whenever people on Twitter like they'll you know, quote a tweet or something and then they're like, I'm disassociating. Every time I see that I'm like, that's like not funny at all. No, that's not funny because that happens to me, that's my life. Yeah. And it's a serious thing and I don't know, I don't find it funny. I think, like, I definitely agree that, or I mean, I don't agree that um, whenever people talk about, like, oh, you're being too sensitive or whatever, like, sensitive culture or stuff Mm -hmm. like that, when people talk about, like, snowflakes or whatever, like, I mean, there are, like, certain topics that are just, like, off limits. Like, these are people's lives, and it's, like, not funny to people who have to deal with that stuff every single day. Mm -hmm. That's, like, not a joke to them. No, I, like i don't know whenever i see any of that i just like like exit out of twitter (laughs) gotta go yeah i pretty much just like block it out because i'm just like fuck that like these people don't know what it's actually like to have like a disorder you know and yeah i'm sure they're not even dissociating oh definitely not definitely not so i don't know it's just annoying it is really annoying So I'm going to move into the next question (laughs) because the first one's always the longest one because it's like trying to explain (laughs) what's going on and like what your like mental disorder mental disorder that sounds kind of fucked up like mental illness disorder is and stuff. Um, So the next question is do you feel that you got the right diagnosis? Yes I do. Um, So after I was having those episodes I finally reached out to my mom and I pretty much just sent her this manic text. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, third manic, but it was like, "Hey, mom, like, I'm going through some shit. Like, I need to see a therapist as soon as I can. Yeah, like, it was just like, like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm I like was done. losing it. Yeah. I like was crying all day. I was in my room in the in the dark room by myself. Like, it was Bad. one of the probably the darkest times in my life yeah, where I just terrifying. where I just felt like crazy and alone and like this is rock bottom it was rock bottom yeah, for, for me. sure and so yeah my mom found me a therapist and Let's listen to our next question um did you find a therapist yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, sorry um I'm trying to work out the kinks here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i found a therapist and probably within the first session it was like 20 minutes in he was like so i'm pretty sure you have depersonalization disorder and he was like i don't like to diagnose the first day but he could see how like fucked up i was and just like just like needing answers, probably yeah. too. He's like, "I'm gonna give you the answers you need like today." Yeah, like I was like <laughs> fucked up looking. Like I'm sure I was like in sweat. I was gonna say like sweats, like yeah. the black hood, like yeah. hair like over yeah. face, like almost like gremlin kind of yeah. looking. Like please help. Yeah, me. no, I look fucked up. Like not like. to make that a joke, but like totally no, relatable no, for people that know that to, like yeah those that have... understand like the bot the rock bottom point of like I need. Help yeah today no that's literally how it was and he was like I don't like to diagnose the first day but he was like I'm pretty sure you have depersonalization disorder and I just felt this like wave of like oh my god I'm not crazy yeah Where I was, for sure absolutely yeah where I was like Oh my god, there's a name for it? Yeah. You know? Like other people have, like other, like it's so. Like this is a thing. Yeah, this is a thing, there's like a literal name and diagnosis for it. Like I'm not the only one. Yeah, and so. That has to give you like a sense of relief a little bit. Oh, it did. I was like he read the he got out that you know that psychology book yeah the book. Have, yeah all with of them all have because it yeah. has like technical names yeah. of like whenever they do like yeah. a piece of paper where they like write it down yeah. they're like this and this and this and you're, it's like p1 depersonalization yeah. disorder with this and you're like okay like a, they, so all, have they all have that giant book on their desk and he like grabs it and then he's like oh great yeah and he like reads it to me and i was like crying and i was like yeah that's it i was like yeah, I have that. And it was just like, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Like a white light came down from yeah. like, the sky. Just like a sense and, of, I mean, not that it's obviously you're like, this is the starting point, but it's like, we're a step up from rock bottom. So yeah. like, it's only a pill from here. Yeah, no, it was great. So how did you find it for the therapist? Like, was it through your mom? Did she find um, it for you? Yeah, it was through my mom. And I don't know how the fuck she found this dude. I mean, if it's just a yes answer, then that's it was just a yes answer. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure she just googled and just like set up an appointment. Um. Yeah. Do you want me to go more in depth about it? No. You. I mean, just yeah. You or how did you find a through her mom? She found a therapist through her mom. That's the answer. Yeah, but I kind of want to talk about my my old therapist in Ben, that I actually love. I think there's a question in here about there about it? We can talk about it at the end. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, I guess no. we can talk about it now. So, like, what kind of relationship did you have with your therapist? Like, I guess back to the other question, like, how do you feel about it? Like, did you feel like you connected with them? Like, they gave you the right diagnosis? They helped you a lot? Like, yeah. So, the first one, and you can give names. You don't have to give like last names or anything. Or you don't have to put names um, at all, it doesn't matter. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, same. <laughs> so the first guy I had, he was good in the sense where he taught me a bunch of coping mechanisms and that kind of thing. We didn't really talk about any other thing but my disorder, which was kind of rough, honestly, because I'm a person who actually needs a therapist like someone to listen to you and like like back and forth like banter just about my shit like my life and shit you know but he was strictly just about my dissociation and stuff and i kind of just stopped seeing him because i actually got to a point where i was doing better and Mm -hmm. i stopped having a lot of episodes and yeah and then i kind of stopped seeing him and then a couple months later i got a different therapist lynn my homie i love her (laughs) homie for life i seriously like fucking love her like i miss her all the time yeah she was back in ben yes she was in ben and she was amazing like we i mean we talked about my disorder but it was more talking about my childhood and more than just that like things that were leading up to it yeah and like overall just like letting you vent about things and also coping mechanisms yeah it was all of the above and she really like i told her everything like fucked up things that happened to me in the past Mm -hmm. and like how I struggled with um alcohol and weed and like substance abuse substances and stuff like that and she really like I also have some like mom issues and she really helped me through that and yeah she was amazing and we actually FaceTime still if I need to talk to someone that's little, awesome we'll FaceTime and stuff yeah we have, just like hey Lynn what's up yeah got a story to tell you no and she made me feel so heard and like that's important she cared about me I could tell like mm-hmm. she would tell me things in her life too oh, like not good. like her issues yeah but, but like experiences like you're yeah. not the only one kind of thing like something yeah. similar happened to me mm-hmm. I think that's important with therapists like I was gonna say this in the other episode and I didn't get to say it so I'm glad that it's being brought up now but like I think it's sometimes for some people hard to correlate the fact that like therapists are also humans too Mm -hmm. like with people in any sort of field like that like doctors nurses and stuff like that like therapists like counselors psychologists psychiatrists um i don't know why i said psychologist i meant psychiatrist um because it's like oh these people are like helping me like i'm the human like i'm the one that needs help but like obviously they like at least with counselors and therapists and like psychiatrists is like they probably got into it either because they have had those experiences themselves or they know somebody that has and I think that really gives them like a humanizing factor like mm-hmm. yeah this person also like maybe they also have depersonalization disorder maybe they also disassociate like we don't I mean obviously we don't know like don't ask those kind of questions you I mean you can if you want but like that's kind of personal but like it's I think it's cool whenever they talk about themselves like yeah like whenever I was in high school like I had these body image issues too and like this is what we're gonna do to like cope with them and get over them, mm-hmm. um, but I think yeah, I think that that's awesome that she was like telling you her experiences also. Yeah, she, she was like she was, amazing and. I would leave there on like a dopamine high.
1: If oh, for makes sure. Sense.
0: No, you like go outside like the sky's bluer. Yeah, and I would just sit in my car and be like. Damn. Yeah. like no, That's awesome. I feel good. That's literally how I feel about Cindy, too. I love her. Yeah. Like, I literally leave and I'm like, I feel better. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's... You'll know when you have the right therapist when you have that feeling. Like, mm-hmm. when you leave and you're like, I genuinely feel like I've been helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how to tell people, like, other, other ways to find the right therapist. Like, it's kind of like when you know that you found, like, the one or whatever, your soulmate. It's like you just know when you found them because other people you're not going to click with you're not going to have that feeling you're going to be leaving and you're going to be frustrated or you're going to be like annoyed or just like you have left to, feeling like empty you know you have to like date your therapist pretty yeah. much you have to like court them like no, in such do. a cheesy way i mean i feel like i got lucky with lynn because she was my second therapist yeah but the first one no connection yeah literally none none like a wall there was a wall i didn't want to tell him anything other than my disorder but like with lynn she got me like talking about shit you know like stuff that i would keep from a therapist Mm -hmm. which isn't good but But, you know i had a wall up and then like she would just have this way where i would feel comfortable enough to tell her things that happened and it was just like she would let then, you be vulnerable. Yeah, and it was just like have your guard completely down. okay. And yeah, it was just like she heard me and understood me, and it was like no judgment because I have I st- in the past. There's stuff that I'm not proud about, you know. I think we all have those like experiences yeah. we wish Where we I could take like, back. I was like, mm, this is rough to say, but you know yeah. what? I'm it's like a gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you found someone that you like and that you still get to... Because you moved to Portland, right? Yeah. So you don't get to see her as often as mm-hmm. you'd like to, obviously. Yeah, and I'm not currently seeing a therapist, which um, I probably should. My dad's going to make me, though. See a therapist? Yeah. I think it's important to, like... I mean, obviously, the FaceTime thing is great, or, like, Skype, you know, for when you need it it's for, like, an emergency. Yeah, it's not the same. And just because you find one... I also want to say just because you find one person that you love and connect with so much obviously it's like like elena said with dating like it doesn't mean you're not going to find another person that gives you that same feeling it might take a couple of people like she said the first person she didn't connect with maybe here she goes through one or two people that you know she doesn't connect with and then she finds someone else like it's not it's not something that's (laughs) elena's cat keeps trying to like come into the mic it's kind of funny (laughs) um it can yeah it can be a process but also it's like good to have that face-to-face interaction with someone and like a regular scheduled thing you go to every week or every other mm-hmm. week i think that's important i gave it three sessions too oh until you like switch yeah. to a different person because my first session with lynn i was like eh. yeah and then the second one i'm like i'm sold <laughs> sold <laughs> she's the one <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so we're gonna move on because now it's been 27 minutes I've i'm only so asked- sorry no it's okay i only asked three questions but that's okay it's me whenever i did this also but i also am gonna cut some stuff out um, okay, so I asked that one. I asked that one. I asked that one. So I think what you were talking about before, um, we're kind of gonna go into that since you were already talking about it. Um, what kind of role do you think substance abuse plays? Substance abuse plays in mental illness, for you personally, and then if you want to, you can talk about how you think it might play a role in other people. But you can talk by yourself. Um. Yeah. So. It's kind of confusing, and actually my old therapist and I kind of talked this out. Um, there's a really strong possibility I've had this disorder for years, and I just haven't known because I was high for four years straight. Mm-hmm. Like, I pretty much like numbed out the world for a good chunk of my life, which is really hard to come to terms with. Because it kind of makes me sad that I kind of just don't have four years of my life. Yeah, if that makes sense. And um, I like it was recreational at first, you know, just like casually, like socially, like with yeah. friends and stuff like that, yeah. or like when you hung out people or went somewhere. hmm And um, I never got. I mean, I used to drink a lot, but I never got too much into alcohol you know Mm -hmm. would you say I think I mean I think you and I in high school drank like when we went somewhere like when we went to a party but like I mean we didn't go to parties like every single weekend it was like I mean until like summertime came around or like after we graduated like definitely partied like the most like senior year Mm. and then like summer after and then like after that but yeah, before I, that not really I wasn't like drinking alone you weren't yeah you weren't like an alcoholic or no. like a heavy alcohol user no just like definitely like a social thing yeah but um I will say that um weed was a crutch for me for a long time yeah. it was just a way to numb out and um not really feel any feelings you know like I'd have a bad day, come home, smoke four bowls, pass the fuck out,
1: End wake up, day.
0: do it again. Yeah. You know, I just did that. That was my life. And um, I remember when I was really into weed, it was just like, I'd get uncomfortable being sober. I think you remember that. Man. Yeah. I'd get really weird when I was sober. I think also like, because I. I mean, I can say this because i've known you for so long and we've been friends for so long like there was a point where like we like we couldn't do anything without you mm-hmm. needing to like pause to smoke mm-hmm. and smoke like two to three bowls mm-hmm. or like a joint or like four or five bowls or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean like no i could not do anything yeah like it was like it was a crutch and it also like i feel like debilitated you in some ways it too did. like you could we couldn't do like I think sometimes, personally, from experiences of people who smoke a lot that I know, I mean, I don't, I've honestly never been someone who smoked a lot. That's just weed makes me super fucking paranoid. So I just don't smoke. But a lot of my friends that smoke often, I think when you smoke for a long period of time, I actually think sometimes smoking weed gives you social anxiety mm-hmm. because you're so used to being high when you're in public that when you're not, when you're sober, you're, like, yeah, you're, like, you don't know how to act because you don't – that's not your norm. Your norm is being high. And, I mean, I agree with you. It's definitely, like, it can be a crutch for some people, for sure. Do you think that it, like – do you think that it – I don't want to say caused, but do you think that stopping smoking and drinking made, like – brought your mental illness like to surface yeah that's exactly what I'm saying yeah that I might have had this for a long time and I didn't know because you have been was, smoking yeah. for so long yeah do you think it made it worse like because you smoked for so long do you think it oh probably I mean I don't because know. you didn't know what life was like sober probably it's a big question for me and I literally think about this at night like did I do this to myself yeah like I don't know I think it's hard to say because there are lots of people that probably they stop smoking weed or stop using drugs and nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. Like there are lots of people that are alcoholics that are fine mm-hmm. or like to society standards, like normal once they stop using substances. Yeah. But for other people, that's not the case. Like they become depressed. They have anxiety, like other things happen. And then I feel like there's not any s- studies that show that substance abuse causes mental illness I mean, there are obviously, like, alcohol is a downer, so it decreases the amount of serotonin that your brain produces. So, I mean, there are things with that, like, you know, if you're depressed, they say don't drink alcohol. I mean, try to avoid substances whenever you do have a mental illness, but it's hard to say whether they cause them or not. Yeah. But that is, I mean, I would, I I mean, if I were you, I definitely would also be thinking about that. Like, you don't know, there's so many unanswered questions and it's hard for me personally I hate whenever I have a question that I know no one's ever gonna tell me the answer to yeah it's like you'll just never know that's how I feel about it I don't know and I'm gonna go on a whim and say something kind of (laughs) controversial sure (laughs) we love controversy here on it's called self care honey okay um, you guys sounded so gross anyway continue (laughs) I know people are gonna fucking hate me for this but um, you know what let them all you haters out there I know. Um, fuck off. Just kidding. Don't fuck off. Please listen to my podcast. I love you. So, so um, you know, everyone says that, like, weed's not addictive. Um, oh, it's for sure addictive. Okay. Bitch. Okay, thank you. Oh, a- agreed. So, Come on, honey, give me some fucking okay, skin for sure. So, it's not that weed is addictive like the substance itself isn't addictive. no no it's there's nothing the in feeling. it. absolutely there's nothing in it yeah that will cause addiction it doesn't have tobacco it doesn't have anything like alcohol it doesn't um I don't know how to explain. chemically it's yes not chemically addictive. chemically no there's nothing in it that should make you addicted however the feeling and the high that it gives you is addictive. is addicting that's why people get addicted to drugs that's Most drugs. And, like, I don't want to be like, I was addicted to weed. But, like, low-key, I was. (laughs) Okay, so my freshman year of college, I took this class, drugs and and behavior in society. And I learned some shit in there that I probably would have, if someone would have said this on the internet and it wouldn't have come from a textbook, I would have been like, bitch, you're lying to me. Actually, sugar is more addicting than cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of people know this now, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know this like two years ago. Mm -hmm. But sugar is more addicting than cocaine. There's actually nothing in cocaine that's addicting. It's the feeling that you get whenever you're high. That's literally what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's the feeling with any drugs, any kind of drug that gives you an altered perception of reality. You're addicted to that feeling because reality sucks. And you don't want to feel reality. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Girl, you preach to the choir. <laughs> that's literally how no, that, I felt. That, absolutely. That's you know what? And and the thing, and there are oh, absolutely going to be people that are like I don't agree with you, which is totally fine. This is my own personal experience. Yeah, this is personal experience and personal opinion. If you don't agree or you want to stop listening after this point, that's totally fine. If you think that we're ignorant, but I've known a lot of people that have smoked weed and. I've known Elena for a long time and she was definitely addicted to weed. <laughs> and I still know people that smoke weed and it's and like I said nothing chemically should make you addicted but the feeling is addictive mm-hmm. and if you actually look at the thing about cocaine it's true and heroin there's nothing in it that, that actually the heroin I don't know about like cocaine necessarily what happens whenever you stop once you're addicted to it but heroin the reason why people continue to smoke or inject heroin is because you get so violently ill if you try to stop that you actually feel like you're dying. Uh, oh And that that's makes why sense. people that's why people don't ever stop heroin because trying to wean yourself off of heroin is fucking horrible. Yeah. You start vi- you get start puking, you get the sweats, super high fever, mm-hmm. you feel like your bones are breaking. Mm-hmm. It's horrible raging headache for days. You feel like that mm-hmm. and it's horrible. And then you still after you're done, you're like, you know I I'll be off of it. But then it's like you get that one time again, and then you're back on it because you missed the altered perception of reality, because reality sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree with you. I'm glad you said that, actually, because I totally agree. Well, because when I was in therapy, I was like... I literally... <laughs> again, people are going to fucking hate me for this, but... I it came li- straight from the horse's mouth, bitch, the therapist. I literally was like... <laughs> I feel like a recovering drug addict. Yeah. Because... You're not the only person that's ever said because, that. Because, like, I can't just, like... I refuse to numb myself again. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, sometimes I fucking miss that feeling. Yeah. Of just Absolutely. being, like, nothing is there. No emotion. I'm good. I can do what I want without thinking anything. The difference between, like wanting to do it and then doing it is the difference between healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms though exactly so if you do it again obviously that's something that's unhealthy you shouldn't you shouldn't be and i'm not saying weed is bad please don't think i'm saying weed is bad because i think i'm not trying to say that no i know (laughs) i think (laughs) that there's lots of like it helps like people with seizures like cerebral palsy like it has met like amazing medical benefits but i think when you're doing it 24 7 like you wake up in the morning you fiend for the high that is addiction yes in the simplest form that is addiction and i grew up with an alcoholic mother i know what addiction is yeah and like i used to like panic when i knew i couldn't have weed or like when you ran out oh my god when i ran i remember out. one time whenever you ran out you were like in a horrible mood because you had no weed and like yeah. your roommate didn't have weed. That's, that's and you were just like in a bad mood because you're like I can't smoke. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, Elena, you can't go four hours without smoking. No, I couldn't. You don't like wait till your drug dealer got off work so you could <laughs> buy weed. Oh my god, am I incriminating myself on here? <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> Bitch, we're twenty. Okay, I'm twenty-two. Elena's 21. Okay, but I was like nineteen. This time. But <laughs> you didn't need to say that. <laughs> Whatever, they can't fucking arrest me now. You have no proof. But you have no fucking proof. <laughs> We're in a mouth, bitch. But yeah, I was psychotic. Oh my god, we've been talking about this for okay, so next long. Next question, I'm moving sorry. on from weed. No, I mean, okay, bottom line is that... Oh, wait, we have been talking about that long. Bottom line is it can be addicting if you don't have any self-control mm-hmm. and you... Are addicted to the feeling. You're addicted to the feeling, but also... When you're in a bad place mentally, you want to numb yourself from the world. And I think that's people... Bingo! (laughs) Sounds like fucking Shakira! (laughs) And I think that that's people's fucking Jorah's, like, what? Uh, That's her cat. But that's... People have a hard time coming to terms with that because they're like, I'm fine. Like, I just like I like weed I like the, I just like the feeling I like yeah I like the feeling which is fine if you want to smoke that's fine but recognize yourself and check yourself because, because I wasn't okay no because it can very quickly become addicting and debilitating to you so that's where I'll leave this at but and it was honey okay next question <laughs> okay so the next question is I oh my know. god there's so there's many. so many there's 12 honey I think we've only asked 4 it's been forty minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's okay. Um, so, how was your how? Okay, I can't talk. How has your diagnosis affected your family relationships and the family dynamic? Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> um okay, <laughs> I'm being attacked, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um. It has brought me and my dad closer. Not, for sure, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, honey. Like, it's called self care. <laughs> that, that plug. Um, <laughs> always name dropping. <laughs> um, yeah, me and my dad. After I opened my heart up to him about it, it was. I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I love that for you. Yeah, I like. You know, there are times where I'm like. Does he understand this? He doesn't even need to, honestly. The thing is, he's never going to understand. I feel like I keep talking over you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. He's... The thing is, your parents don't have to completely understand to be supportive no and he's supportive yeah that's the most important yeah. aspect no. does he understand it doesn't matter is he supportive yeah. that's what matters oh my god can I tell a sweet story absolutely we guys in this house we are team Ronnie 100%. oh my god that's my dad and yeah. we love him we love Ronnie we stan my dad <laughs> we stan Ronnie he's so the hard. sweetest man okay anyways I love you dad if you're, if you're listening <laughs> and, dad I love if you if you're ever listening we'll send we'll hit and, we'll hit Ronnie with the link and I'm sorry I criminated myself on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> he he's done he done been new honey he done been new since you were 16 I know <laughs> anyways so not that young just kidding don't smoke weed don't smoke weed anyways what was I saying oh okay so I was going through a really rough time I was seeing my therapist I was in a dark place not as dark as my rock bottom but not good and my dad came to my house with chamomile tea all these vitamin gummies like he looked up how to help like anxiety and he got me like this care package of like all this stuff like Like vitamin anxiety package yeah just like all this is why we stand, ronnie i know (laughs) i literally almost started crying because i was just like thank you like it was just like so sweet because he knew i was struggling and like It makes you feel heard. It did. It made me feel heard, and like he like wants me to go to therapy. Like, actually, he's like forcing me to. (laughs) It's like not a choice. No, like he knows I'm better when I'm like in therapy, and yeah, it really hasn't changed the family dynamic too much because I live in Portland and they live in Bend. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not in the house. Yeah. So I mean. My mom does what she can, but whatever. Anyways, <laughs> it really hasn't changed much. It just brought my dad, to, my dad and I closer together. Do you think it's affected relationships with your other family members? Like, I mean, you said your mom. You don't have to go into detail about that. But, like, what about your sister or, um, like, other family members? I don't talk too much about my mental disorder to my um, other family that much. Okay. Um me either. i was gonna go into a different tangent but i don't know if i want to go there it's about my coast family oh mm. we won't name drop should i talk about it i mean you can't i think it goes back into the other question too about like substance abuse and stuff yeah, like that. It's so, pretty yeah it's just yeah you can go on like a brief little tangent that's fine so it affected my um one side of my family they all live at the coast um And I used to smoke with my family at the coast and party a lot with all my family members at the coast. And I went back last summer. And um, I think they were disappointed that I don't drink or smoke anymore. And it kind of made me feel bad for having a mental disorder. Because just so we all know, I can't drink or smoke when I'm having like drinking and smoking induces my um, episodes now. Yeah. Like badly. Um, yeah. Like if you listen to the first podcast, I'm just going to give you a quick shout out. If you listen to the first podcast about the Celebration that I went to And I was talking about my friend I was talking about Elena. Yeah that was me Yeah And and, and the the alcohol like induces anxiety mm -hmm. And like disassociating Is like really heavily And like induced with alcohol Yeah Like substances It was my 21st birthday And I drank and um Completely dissociated And cried in the bathroom But anyways So I can't drink or smoke When when I have my When I have When I have a mental disorder Because it just induces it And it takes me to a really dark place and so, I think they're very used to the old me, who was just like. Down well, they didn't for know how react to react. The no, people. they were completely my. I don't want to have to like my aunt like completely um. Pressured me, into smoking. And did you? Um, I took a hit and wanted to die immediately, but um. Sorry, that's not funny. Yeah, it changed that dynamic because. I don't know. I just felt. Kind of ostracized, and yeah. Kind of, I made it made me feel bad that I wasn't fun anymore or something. Yeah. And they like guilt tripped you into they thinking really, that you were yeah, kind they of like, did. boring. Now they did, yeah. That's not cool. So that was really only the family dynamic that has changed. But that's about it, honestly. And like, I don't really care that much because like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. So you just like so just like don't so like lesson learned just like not gonna go there and hang out with them again. Yeah, I was just like, you know what, like. I like me sober. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love my coast family and, like, I'm sure they just don't understand. I think it's hard whenever you've known someone a certain (laughs) way for so long. I think it's hard, but I don't think it's appropriate to, excuse me, to make someone feel bad about themselves. Yeah, no, it just, like, it just wasn't handled right. And they were all, like, drunk and high, so, like... You know then that was like heightened, like yeah, like no way to like uh put a curtain over their emotions or anything, yeah. It was just They're like, just like ah, weirdo. yeah, exactly. And I was just like, okay, bye, that's uncomfortable. I'm sorry, That's no, okay. Nice question. <laughs> I go on tangents too long. No, it's fine, it's honestly fine. But it did say on here the recording time segment maximum is 60 minutes, so I'm gonna have to um like stop it and then start a new one. I should have to watch the clock and make sure, okay. so this question i actually really love this question it's like my favorite question how do you handle times of relapse (laughs) elena's been dreading this bitch you already know you know when i relapse don't you (laughs) like loki yeah um recently i actually um relapsed pretty hard relapse sounds like i'm a I know it doesn't it doesn't it's not like a great word but it's I think it's important because it's like you know we have with mental health it's like we have highs and we have lows so it's like when we're feeling really good and then we go back to that place again it's like well fuck me like I thought I thought I was doing so much better and then that happens to you and it's just like what do I do now like I was so good like how do I handle this so I guess that's more of the question like how do you handle times when you're back in that place again like, what do you do to either get yourself out of it? Yeah. Or how do you cope with it? It's so hard. Because I don't know if this is normal for everyone, but my mental disorder is like a lined curve, if that makes sense. It's like a, a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Like, I will feel great for three months, and then I'll feel like fucking shit for two months. And, mm-hmm. like, those are just random time periods, but, like, You get the point. Yeah. (laughs) I get really up and down. Yeah. I'm really good and then I'm really not. Yeah. And it's, um, instead of it being constant, it's more like I don't know how to, this probably isn't the right word to use, but it's more like manic and then like fine and then like manic and then fine. Yeah. Kind of like I won't have dissociation for like two months sometimes. And then I'll just come back one day. And then it just fucking sends me in a spiral. hmm And I think I've gotten better with coping with the relapses. But, oh, my God, it kicks me out of my ass. Like, <laughs> it just sucks. And then, like my therapist says, once I go down the dark tunnel, it's hard for me to get back out. Yeah, it's, like, hard to see the Cause light. Because then I'm like, oh, I'm getting bad again. Like, I don't want to go down through this. Like, I don't want to have, like... It's just, like, I can't stop thinking about all these things. It's like an anxiety spiral. It is, and it's so hard to get myself out of it because I'm so in my head as Mm -hmm. a person already. But, you know what? I don't even know how to, like... I just deal with it, and I just get through it. And, you know, if I don't hang out with my friends for a couple weeks... Then we don't hang out with our friends for a couple weeks. Yeah, because i can't i have a hard time going out in public when i have really bad episodes it's just too overwhelming too stimulating i feel really vulnerable because i'm not myself Mm -hmm. and it's really scary to associate in public sometimes because i'm just like where the fuck am i like it's just like overall scary yeah and it's just like kind of scary so i'd rather be at home where i'm like feel comfortable at least you know Mm -hmm. But I think I've gotten better with coping at it. It still knocks me on my ass for a good week when I relapse, though, because I'm just, like, getting back to, like,
1: getting oh, like myself on track where uh-huh. I'm, like,
0: you're okay, like, you know, and I do a lot of fucking breathing, and I... Yeah, so, like, give us examples of, like, things you do. Um. So for dissociation, there's this thing called the butterfly Hug. do you know what that is I've, I feel like I've heard of that before but I explain it because so, maybe other people don't you cross your arms around your chest so your hands are on your shoulders and you just tap one side of your shoulder and then the other mm-hmm. back and forth and it just like it Brings reminds you back me it kind of just like sets me in this like pattern where I'm like I'm here mm-hmm. like I don't know it's um like I don't want, like physical affirmations like yeah it is And then another thing to do is, um, if I'm having a really bad episode, I sit down with my feet on the ground. I'll take off my shoes and stuff and rub my feet on the ground. Oh, that feels soothing. And it just, it grounds you, though. It, like, tricks your brain into thinking, like, you're grounded, especially Mm -hmm. if you have dissociation because you're, like, out of your body, kind of. So, yeah, those are just little things I do. Okay. And I'll just, like, distract myself. Distraction, distraction, distraction. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll paint. I'll watch YouTube videos. I will. Watch Netflix. Yeah, I just, like, Do really try to, like, distraction, distraction. Because when I distract myself, I kind of pull myself out of a dissociation mm-hmm. episode. Do you think that, like, self-care plays a role in it at all? Like, um, like I was talking before about, like, me personally, like, reading a book or like cleaning or like doing oh yeah oh i will clean like a freak (laughs) like i will put a podcast in and just like go to town go to town like Mm -hmm. dust sweep oh yeah just like weird shit like just like rearrange yeah no rearrange and just get your chakra the line yeah i just like i just constantly just like try and distract myself that really helps me and then also like Cleaning is productive, so I kind of feel good about it. Yeah, it gives you that like, like a little bit about like serotonin. Yeah, like up. I don't know if it's serotonin. What is that like? Dopamine. Dopamine. Jesus Christ, thank you. Gives me like a little bit of dopamine. Like I'm being productive. I'm also distracting myself. Mm -hmm. I'm also pulling myself out of this. Like these are good. Like it's a good circle I got going here. Like I'm gonna clean. I'm gonna do whatever. You know, I'm not gonna lie. There's days where. I'll sit in my bed and cry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know... No, I, you're not perfect. You're not gonna... Yeah. I hate to, like, say stuff. You know, I I hoped that, like, whenever people answered this question, they would also be honest about it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, not every time it happens, you're gonna be like, okay, I can pull myself out. Because it's no. not about, like... I was talking to my therapist about this recently, like, toxic positivity. Like, oh, there's a yeah. point of, like, toxic positivity. Like, I need to just physically sit here and just throw myself a pity party and feel like shit no i won't no and to me that's part of the process you know i think that's part of the self-care also no it is like there was one day i don't know when the fuck it was (laughs) i was in a relapse and i was in my bed just like crying and like my roommate checked on me like twice and i was just like she's like you good i was just like i was fucking depressed because i relapsed yeah yeah. yeah. I think that's the way you were saying, like, in the beginning, like, mm-hmm. anxiety with depression. I think that, like, the depression comes after something yeah. happens because it's like. Because I was doing so yeah. good. Because you feel I like I was it, on the right track, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I'm back at square one, which I'm not. Yeah. But it feels like that. And moment. it's like it's like a spiral of, like, when will this end? Like, mm-hmm. is it ever going to end? Am I Oh, ever, my God, and yeah. The, and the question, I don't know if anybody else feels this way or, or you ever ask yourself this. Like, I ask whenever I'm just having, like, a bad, like, spiral or, like, bad day or something. I'm just like, when will I be normal again? Oh like, when God. will I go back to being a normal person that isn't like this? And, like, oh, I, I so think it's like this hard like realization is like I may never go back to being who I was again but I also think and I'm glad I've had I have a friend I don't know if she's gonna listen to this or anything but shout out to my friend Scout like <laughs> a while ago I was talking about like comparing myself now to like old pictures of myself because I've gained 70 pounds and like the last year like I have PCOS just like a lot of stuff to go off on this random topic but I was talking about like comparing myself to old pictures and I think this resonated with a lot of things in life in general is like it's so debilitating and bad for your mental health to compare yourself to who you were or how you looked in the past because there's shit that's gonna happen in your life that's that's never that's has changed you. That is like I got diagnosed with PCOS and that like is really hard for your body to process your hormones, like that's why I gained weight. I can never not have PCOS. Like it's a disease that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. That's something I have to deal with and I can't be upset that I don't look the way I used to look because there are things that have changed that and why i'm the way i am now you know what i mean no and i totally i will get into a spiral where i look at old photos of me fucked up having fun going out partying and i'm like that was when i was normal but it's not yeah i was gonna say i think that we also have like a different perception of what we think normal is like this is how I used, like, this me having fun and partying, like, that was the old me. That was the normal me, but it's, like, it's, the thing that's difficult about, and I'm glad in this podcast we're gonna talk about this, like, being a young adult is constantly asking yourself, who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. You don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Like, that's, like, a um, like, a fucking, like, prophecy. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's, like, How do I fulfill who I, like, this is where, this, point A is where I'm at now. And it feels like point, like, Z is who I want to be. And, like, how do I get there? How do I go through the alphabet? How do I get to the person that I want to be? I don't know. And it's, like, who am I now? Who do I want to be? And how am I going to get there? I think that's, like, the number one thing that young adults struggle with, especially people, like, who have, like, graduated high school, and then it's like that's your harsh reality like like childhood ends mm-hmm. and then it's just like where do I go from here mm-hmm. I don't know like I feel like especially now like millennials like we were not set up to understand the way that the adult world works and this and, is also just being your fucking 20s yeah we don't uh, know we were yeah are. like who the fuck am I and the thing is I don't know like I have no freaking clue like Same you either. yeah you don't know who you are like you're you 20 I mean I don't want to say like I'm, old. I mean, I'm not that much older than you like six months older than you but it's like, you don't know who you are. I don't know who I am. Like, you're 21. I'm 22. You're going to be 22 soon. But it's like, who knows who they are at 22? It's like, if you ever a no freaking does. life together at 22, yeah. like, first of all, congratulations. But second of all, fuck you because <laughs> I don't know who I am. Yeah. And it's like terrifying to think about. It is. But also cool in a way. Yeah. Because, because it's like, there are so many different parts of you that you haven't explored, uh-huh. which honestly, to me, like... I know I asked you this question, but I'm going to add on to it. Like, that's... Sometimes whenever I'm relapsing, I think about that. I'm like, okay, I don't... Like, I'm not going to be this piece of shit person forever. Nice. I mean, I say that about myself, but, like, I hope other people don't think that. But I'm like, I'm not going to be this, like, depressed person who's, like, in bed, feeling like shit forever. Like, I don't know who I am. I have so many unanswered questions. And, like, that's something in my brain that brings me positivity. positivity. I hope that's not, like, a toxic positivity thing, but it's, like, exciting almost, you know? No, and honestly... As the years go, like, it's only been two years, but, like, my relapses have gotten tiny bit easier each time. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause you learn more because you I'm learning things. and I'm yeah. dealing and I'm facing the fucking reality, you yeah. know? And it's just, like... This is the new me. Yeah, this is the new me and I gotta deal with this shit. Yeah. And, like, I'm gonna be okay. Like, it's just it's just a part of life and my life, my story, and I have to deal with it, and I have to figure out ways how I have to manage this and get through this, and it's fucking hard, like, sometimes it's so fucking hard to get my ass out of bed and go to school and go to, you know, it's just fucking hard for me, like, small tasks feel, like, huge to me sometimes, but, like, it's just part of my story, and I have to fucking deal with it, and it's made me stronger, and it's made me more empathetic and more understanding and like compassionate compassionate and I like I feel like I'm really connecting with people more on Mm -hmm. like certain things and yeah that's awesome so you feel like you are able to handle relapse a little bit better yeah yeah, I think so okay um I'm gonna stop this really quick Welcome back, guys. We took a little short break because the first part has already been an hour long. <laughs> and I needed some water because my throat's a little bit dry. I'm pretty is sure Intermission. is too. Yes, a little intermission here. Um, but we're going to get back into the questions because we still have six. I've only asked five, I think. Maybe I asked six. Oh, there's 12. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I've asked six, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So we're going to continue into the questions. Um, so the next question is, do you think people have or will treat you different when they know you have a mental illness? Um, yeah, I think they do. So yes to they will, or yes to they do? I know that that's a two-part question, but I want it to be... Um... I think my friends, now that they know the situation and my mental disorder and stuff, that, um, I think they do treat me a little bit differently. Not in, like, a bad way. Yeah, I was gonna say, it doesn't have to be, like, a bad thing, but yeah, also it's, like... Yeah, it's just, like, they know what's up, and I think they know that I don't want to go out all the time, and, like, I don't yeah. want to go to the bars and stuff like that, just because being 21. I don't drink being 21 and also somebody who previously drank a lot and being 21 who doesn't drink because me and elena are like i don't have depersonalization or disassociate but i also don't drink because it like i just have well one because i have a history of alcohol like severe alcoholism in my family so i just decide not to drink and also it makes me um it gives me really bad anxiety when i drink because it's a depressant yeah and so i don't drink either but we used to fuck go it up hard. in high school and go hard and slap the bag and drink a whole box of wine together oh yeah 40 so for days. Yeah. <laughs> so like as people who used to drink heavily before they were 21 being 21 and not drinking kind of sucks it does. like i'm not gonna lie it's it just sucks. like everyone my age that's what they do for they... fun for sure i mean that's like what else is there to fucking do and, and now that i'm older i feel like i understand before i'm like why do people drink so much Mm -hmm. But now I'm, like, it's, like, the numbness to reality, like we were talking about And it's just, like, fun, and that's how you let loose and whatever, but it's, like, it sucks because I can't do that, so, like, I think that does kind of, like, change how people think of me a little bit. And how they treat you. Yeah, and, like, I always have this fear that I'm boring, Mm -hmm. that I'm just, like, fucking boring, and I don't smoke, and I don't drink, and, like, I don't like to go out with crowds and, like, all that shit, but, like, Whatever. I think, it's a small thing. I think if I'm being honest, um, people probably, there are people that you'll know or people that you do know that probably do think that you're boring. I, told, like, I know like there are people that have told me that I am boring now, which is fine. But at the same time, I feel like if that person was my real friend, they would want to do things with me that I want to do or that I can do. And if they don't want to then that's fine If you just want to drink and smoke that's fine But I would rather not associate myself with you You know what I mean? It's like a harsh reality But it's also like If you were my friend and you were Supportive of the things I was going through You would understand that there are certain things I can't do and we can can do There are other things to do besides drink and smoke Obviously Mm -hmm. there are other things to do Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're a little more difficult Mm -hmm. But there are other things to do Like yeah why can't we just like chill and record a podcast like <laughs> yeah no there is and um you know I think it does just because I can't do a lot of things mm-hmm. and I try to tell people I've gotten better at this because I used to just tell everyone that I'm mental disorder <laughs> right off the bat because I felt like I had to I fucking remember that yeah because I felt like I had not To give them an excuse why I didn't drink and party, like overcompensate. Yeah, because I want them to be like "Mm, fucking straight edge, but it's like I'm a mental disorder and I can't drink because it makes me crazy. (laughs) You know, it's like I, but like I don't need to give them an answer. No, you don't have to. You do not need to explain yourself to anybody. And my therapist was like, "Why do you tell people that?" And I was like, "Because I want them to know that I'm not boring." And she's like, "Why do you tell people such an intimate part of yourself?" And I was like. Damn, you're right. I was like, also why? Calling you out yeah, and I was heavily. like, I was just like, I sat there and I was like, damn, you're right, Lynn. Why do I <laughs> tell people that shit? So, yeah, I mean, did I answer it? Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's fine, okay. So, yes, you think that people have and will treat you differently once they, know. yeah, and like, honestly, borderline. it's fine. Weed them out. Yeah, weed them out, honey. If you only have two, that's better than zero. That's right, girl. True. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, uh. Hmm, I'm trying to think of which ones, because I told her I was gonna do these in random order, so. <clears throat> do you think it's possible to have a healthy dating relationship with a mental illness? What about friendships? <coughs> I'm gonna crack <laughs> my knuckles for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys heard that. Um, they will trust me. Every loud noise is very loud. I'm sorry. I'm also sitting on papa song. That's really loud. A papa song, A papa <laughs> That's what it's called. I know which just funny. Okay. Sounds very French. you French. French. Okay. Is that offensive? No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll take that out. <laughs> i edit that out. Um. What was I gonna say? What was the question? Oh, I'll have Do the relationships? <laughs> Do you think it's possible to have a healthy dating relationship with a mental illness? What about friendships? So. For relationships, yes, it's possible, but it will be hard, honey. Let me tell you, okay? It's called self-care. It's called self-care, honey, and relationships are already hard as fuck, right? (laughs) True. Are you eating that? Whatever, it's fine. Um, They're already hard enough, and when there is a mental disorder thrown into the mix it's just another obstacle and but it is possible like i don't know i feel like lately in the media there's oh. just this whole thing about like you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else and i get that to a certain like a, a fern. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out and make me sound smart <laughs> no i i understand that to a certain extent but like i don't love myself all the time you know and like having a mental disorder on top of that just makes it harder and like i don't believe that really i think there's a distinct difference between like not being capable of loving when you don't love yourself and not being capable of loving when you don't understand yourself yeah because that was something i talked about before and i think i i honest my personal opinion and if you don't agree that's totally fine I think it's very difficult to be in a relationship when you have you, when you don't understand yourself. No, yeah. Completely. Like, when you don't know, like, how you need to be loved, how you should communicate, how you need communication yeah. from somebody else. Like, yeah. that is very difficult because it ends up being fights, resentment, breakup. But also, in a relationship, you figure that shit out quickly. True. Like, it's kind of like the process of, like, oh, wow, I don't, like when they do this I don't like it when they do that you know like you just like kind of figure it out along the way and, and being able to communicate yeah, it yeah and people might disagree with me but like my personal experience is like once you're in a relationship like a lot of shit comes to light about yourself and you're like wow mm-hmm. I'm fucking petty <laughs> or like whatever you know <laughs> yeah cause like it's just high emotions you know but I think it is possible as long as you're taking care of yourself and like taking the measures, like, going to therapy and coping and having all those resources to help yourself and not just, like, lay it out on your partner all the time. Like, I think that's healthy. Like, you can't depend on your, like, significant other to, like, fix you. Mm Because, like, that's just within yourself. Like, you have to do the work yourself, you know? And I think it's it's okay if you and your partner if your partner helps you fix yourself yeah like they help you they support you they want you to get the help that you need whenever you're really struggling mentally Mm -hmm. to figure yourself out and what you're going through like they're like you know i'm here for you i support you but it's like you know if i always think kind of i don't think you should think this all the time but there have to be moments of realization like what if this person isn't here what do I, like, if you are thinking to yourself, when this person leaves, I am nothing, oh. or I'll, or oh, I won't love myself, or how I'll be crazy, or I'll go crazy, or I'll blah blah blah, it's like, you need to kind of check yourself on that, and realize that you're a human and an independent person, apart from somebody else, like, you're not joined as one. No, you have to be, like... You can't depend on the other person. You need to be able to stand alone. Yeah, no, exactly. And honestly, like, the relationship I'm in now and, like, with my partner right now, like, all I need is just, like, support. And maybe someone to talk to, you know? Like, I don't need them to, like, be at my every waking foot or whatever that saying is it was not right <laughs> Every you, week can click back and call yeah like i don't need that i just need support and mm-hmm. like someone there what are you doing george is like playing with a microphone cord he's not yeah, he was oh. okay anyways <laughs> it's just what i need is just support you know yeah and that's pretty much it but it is possible and it will take time and it brings challenges but like You just have to have a partner that is willing to take those steps with you and is able to support you through it. Yeah, absolutely. When I first was diagnosed, I felt so bad for my partner. (laughs) Like, I was psychotic and crying all the time and just, like, in a really dark place, which is probably very hard on him, and I'm really grateful he was there for me, and I've learned a lot on how to not put it on him, Mm -hmm. you know? It's not his burden to carry, but like just the support is nice, and just having them there is nice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like, oh, what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. I think, I think it's, oh, that's what I was gonna say. I think, um, I keep saying I think, it's important that people understand just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean that you're like unclaimed baggage or that you're just someone that's never gonna find love because there's something wrong with you you're not normal you're crazy you're this you're that I mean it's like I hope that when I ask this to people that everybody says yes everybody thinks that they're capable that it's people are capable of having healthy dating relationships or I think people are people are capable of having dating relationships when we have a mental illness not everybody is capable of having a healthy Mm -hmm. dating relationship because if you don't understand what you're going through or I think that's the importance of understanding that you have a (laughs) hi Dora that's it's important to understand yourself because you can feel like I'm not worthy of their love, I'm not worthy of their time, like, I'm just crazy, I'm just, I'm not normal. So it's, like, it, it is, to an extent, important to understand yourself. I just went mm-hmm. on a really long tangent about that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, no, I do. Yeah. What about friendships? Do you think it's, like, you're capable? people with mental illnesses are capable of having healthy friendships? Oh, my God, most definitely. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of crucial to have friendships when you have a mental illness. Yeah. And not isolate yourself. No, you need support, and you need... Support. People t- to look to when you're having a bad day, just to hang out with. You don't even need to talk about it. You just need some one to just do art with or whatever. Yeah. Like you're Go get totally food or... capable of it, unless yeah. you're unless you're putting it on other people or like making it a thing, twenty four seven. I know that kind of sounds harsh, but like it whenever you have a mental and I, and I struggled with this for a really long time. It's not. It, and it's okay if you do this. It's hard to not make it your identity mm-hmm. because it feels all consuming. Oh my god. But yeah. it's not your identity. It is something that's it's, a part of you yeah. and a part of your identity, but it's not the whole identity. No, and it's it's not. And do you think it's more difficult to maintain friendships when you have a mental illness? Uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I would say so because there's times where I just kind of like peace out for a few weeks yeah for sure and and like hope everything's still fine yeah and like obviously you know what's up most of my friends know what's up because we've been friends for a while Mm -hmm. but like new friendships i had i struggled with this a bit because um i had some new friends like when i was living in Bend through work and stuff and they want to hang out all the time and go drinking and they and i didn't tell them my mental disorder because i stopped doing that because my therapist advised me Mm to but like that's not me and i try to kind of like convey that but like they didn't know me and they didn't know that i didn't want to hang out all the time and like i like to stay home and like just you know there's just certain things i have to do with a mental disorder you know yeah for sure and they don't know that so it was kind of hard to maintain like newer friendships for me because they didn't fully know what's going on and like what's up you know and like if we did get closer I would open up to them about it and like how there's just certain things that I don't want to do and Mm -hmm. like if I'm feeling anxious like I want to go home yeah without being like why are you leaving (laughs) yeah or like why are you acting weird yeah exactly and like I don't know yeah. yeah, pretty much. I think, yeah, I definitely agree it's, um new friendships are difficult to, well also one, it's like being a young adult and like when you just kind of <laughs> it's fine, whenever you kind of just like chill at home and you're going through it it's hard to even make new friends, so it's like the friends you have you kind of need to hang on to yeah. like very tightly oh my god, and, it's hard to make friends yeah, it's hard to make <laughs> friends, and then I personally like think it's for me and my mental illness like it's I'm just like very straightforward and honest about things that are going on like like I like if I text you and like cancel plans like two hours before we're gonna hang out I'm always like yeah I just like don't I'm just like I don't feel like going mm-hmm. like I'm anxious like I don't want to go like I'm nervous about the situation like mm-hmm. I just I don't know what to expect I don't want to go and like most of the time new friends are cool about it you know if they're not it's a new friend. Bye. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, take it, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. take it or leave it, honey. Like if you don't want it, then and like, I'm that's also fine. pretty comfortable where I'm at right now. Where I'm like, if you want to be a part of this, then you can be a part. But if you're not gonna be, if in, you're not down, then yeah, like, play. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, how do you think people can support you? <laughs> this is a hard question it's hard to talk about yourself honestly yeah it is kind of hard because i don't know um so like what you were saying before whenever you have a moment of like anxiousness or you're out or like whenever i was explaining before like whenever we were at your birthday party together like say a situation like that happens how do you how can someone support you in that moment um, in that moment, you supported me by being like, "Just don't drink; no one will notice." Mm-hmm. That, in that moment, I was like, "You." The fact that you even noticed was a lot of support to me. If that makes sense. Oh, I love you. Are you crying? <laughs> I cry all the time now. I'm Bitch. such a fucking softy. <laughs> no, don't cry. No, it's like, not like I'm sad. No, my eyes just, just tear up. Like there won't be any tears. No, it's just the fact that you. I'm not clocking my family. But I, w- I didn't say- I'm not coming for fucking blood, but I kind of am. I kind of am. I am Team Ronnie, dad was there, my sister was there, her boyfriend was there. But Jora, Tabby was there. I didn't say shit for what half hour. I wasn't talking. Like nobody else noticed except me I wasn't taught, I don't know, I think we may have noticed But didn't say anything, mm-hmm. but Tabby was like My bitch ain't okay <laughs> And the fact that You even noticed And was like Alcohol isn't doing her good right now And you told me, just don't drink it No one will notice, I was like oh. It just you, you knew what was going on And it just like, that made me feel Supported Validated too, mm-hmm. that like you get it and you understood and you helped me kind of get out of that situation you Mm -hmm. were like it's fine like we don't have to go out after this like yeah it's your birthday but like we'll just hang out at home and I was like oh like the fact that you just got that and like knew that was a situation it was just like that was supporting me in that moment yeah and that just made me feel so much better Mm because you know there's some friends I'd be like it's your twenty first. Like, let's yeah. go out, bitch, or yeah, whatever. Like stop you stopping know? annoying. Yeah, like, don't be a downer. But like, no, you know how. Yeah. You know how it is, and I think it's it, whenever you have like, also as common as mental illnesses, when you have friends that don't have mental illness versus friends that do. I think there's a huge difference between those two categories. Oh yeah. Because it's like I in that situation I knew what was going on because the same like I've been through that before or I've been with people that have been through that so I understand what to do but I think like you said before like I'm not clocking people but like other people just they're like what do I do? They're just not aware they're not aware and they're also maybe like you said in the beginning like it makes you more compassionate and understanding I think that other people will lack that because maybe they've never been around someone or they've never experienced it themselves so they're like why is this bitch being weird? Like mm-hmm. we're going out. Stop being a fucking loser. Yeah. Drink up, honey. It's your twenty-first. Yeah. But if you like, if you have a friend there that's understanding and supportive, it's like no, like it's okay. We don't like we don't have to do this. Like don't pressure somebody into something that is clearly making them uncomfortable. Because I already felt like shit about it too. Yeah, it's know? like your twenty-first birthday. You're like, I feel bad. Like I want to drink, but like obviously, team Ronnie was like, it's fine. Like you. you
1: yeah, like, no, my stand. dad was my
0: dad was really nice after. I started crying at dinner and he was like, "Oh, honey, it's okay." You know, he helped me. He was there for me. And I remember whenever she went outside, like it was so cute. Her dad her sister was like, "What's wrong?" And like her sister's boyfriend's like, "What's wrong? Why is she crying?" Like kind of like in like an annoyed tone of like, "What's going on?" And her dad's like he's like, "She can't drink alcohol. It's a depressant." And then he looks over at me and he's like, "Right?" <laughs> just to, like just to like fact check. He, like, back up his facts, like, right? And he was, like, defending her. And then they're, like, they're, like oh, like, kind of rolled their eyes or whatever. I mean, Ronnie defends me. He yeah. will go to the grave defending me. And I love my dad for that. I know. He's, like, she just has anxiety. And it's a depressant. And she can't drink. Right? And I was, like... Yes, hunty. Yes. I was, like, yes, hunty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, no. I love that. Like, that was a bad night. But... <laughs> But, like, that's yeah. an example of no, how someone can support No, that's an example of supporting me. And yeah. I'm just going to say another example of how to support me, because it's hard for me to describe how to support me. That's and fine. So, another example is I went to Bend. I don't remember which weekend it was, but last oh, week. last weekend. And my boyfriend picked me up from the bus stop, and he wanted to go to a house show party, whatever, in Bend. And we rolled up... And there was kids from the high school I knew, and I haven't seen in a long time. I looked like shit, by the way. <laughs> and you know when you feel like shit, and you're like, I don't want to yeah, do just like, this. You immediately, I'm yeah. like, I want to leave. Like, no, yeah, I mean, not I that I'm go. super narcissistic, but like, I really didn't look good, and I was just, and I want. There was kids from my high school. Also, there. like, just got off the bus. Yeah, the bus was, is crusty. Yeah, and like, I wanted to hang out with him, and then we pull up, and I started getting like super bad anxiety, and he immediately could tell, and he was like. Fuck, it's on my cat. (laughs) (laughs) He was (laughs) underneath the chair, like dust. (laughs) Okay, anyways. So we roll up. We roll up. And he parks the car, and he can tell I'm super anxious. And he was like, No, it's okay. Like, you don't have to go. Like, you can just drop me off and pick me up later. Like, you don't have to be here. Like, don't worry about it. Like, and I started crying. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and I started crying, and he was like, No, like, don't. It's okay. Like, And I was like, I just want to hang out with you. Like, I was just, like, losing. (laughs) Can we just go? Yeah, and, like, he was like, he was like, no, just, like, pick me up later. It's fine. And it was just, like, that was supporting me. Like, you felt supported. Yeah, because, like. He could tell you didn't want to go. Yeah. He knew I don't like crowds. He knew I wasn't feeling my best. Like, you know, like, he knew what was going Mm -hmm. on. it just made me feel better that, like, he was, like, wasn't mad about it. He was just, like no it's okay like I don't want to have to put you through the situation either you know like that's awesome it was just like super supportive and it felt really good that he like took the time you know to be like no it's okay I'm not mad like yeah I want to hang out too but like I also want to like listen to music you know and I was like okay that's fine yeah absolutely and, yeah that was just another example of like how it is to support me I, yeah I think I think some. it's like hard to answer that question like how can people support you? you're like well shit I don't know like, mm-hmm. it's just hard because like I don't know how to put into words yeah but that's perfect an example of mm-hmm. like someone I think the bottom line is like recognizing what's happening in the moment and then how to deal with it after that like they're anxious or like they're disassociating or like you know something that's happening in that moment like other people that have other dis- like um, disorders like eating disorders and stuff like that like you can tell like oh they're like are counting calories in their head or something like that it's like just reassure them, like, it's okay. Yeah. I think that's, like, the bottom line. Just be like, it's, a, like, do you want, or suggest something else. Like, do you want to go back home? Do you mm-hmm. want to go somewhere else? Do you want to go get food? Like, it's okay. We don't have to do yeah, this. Yeah, and the fact that he was just like, you don't have to be here, and I won't be mad if you don't want to be here. And I was just like, yeah. thank you. Like, that was just, like, it just relieved me, and I was like, Sweet. You're like, thanks, peace. Yeah, Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I'm gonna go back home. <laughs> yeah. That's it, awesome. That was just, like super sweet. Love that for you. Thank you. you do. Uh, okay, so I love this question. Maybe you won't, but I love it. How do you think your diagnosis has shaped who you are today? A strong, <laughs> a strong-ass bitch, honey. A strong, independent woman. She did a hair flip. Obviously, y'all can't see that. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Um, Yeah, I it really has. I mean, sometimes I fucking hate my diagnosis and I'm like, fuck you bitch but then i'm also like you know what you've made me strong you've really made me like take a good look in the mirror too where i'm mm-hmm. just like damn and i think sometimes it helps find your identity no it has and like my faults and what I'm and you get good to at. know yourself no it has and i have a weird relationship with my um mental disorder but and also i think we were talking about this but like it has made me way more empathetic i think it's made me a better friend a better daughter a better girlfriend in some ways yeah absolutely because like i see other people struggling and i'm like okay like what do you need yeah and like if you don't need me i'm here absolutely and to know like boundaries -hmm. For sure. Like, understand what you need, what other people need, the situation, and, like, gauge, kind of read the room Mm -hmm. type of thing. I think that's important. Like, yeah. I definitely Um, agree. I think that it's made you, like, more mature in a weird way. No, but it has matured. It kind of, like, like, straight up is like a slap in the face, like a wake up call. It was, and, you know, I mean, there's times where I feel like I'm not normal. I'm not. On. i'm weird i'm anxious like i'm just like i have all these negative things about it but then i'm like no like it's made me empathetic it's made me strong it's made me blah 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 mm-hmm. it's there's so many things there's positives and negatives but it's it's shaped me and it's who i am today and i'm proud of it and i'm live to tell the tale you know like <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's a part of my story now yeah and and it's something you're coping with and dealing with every day and helping you and it's helping you be a better person almost and whether i like or not it's part of my identity and yeah yeah i hate ending questions with and yeah but sometimes it's just like yeah yeah. but uh, and yeah like that's it oh my god a meme just popped in my head get the fuck out what it's like that kicking hit in the face of the basketball he's like hey, yeah oh my god i love me do you know me, me you know? whenever i asked earlier yeah about the uh the times of relapse literally just walking vine compilations like <laughs> yeah. for hours i literally miss vine so much uh okay next question um okay that's the last one we only have two left yay oh my god yeah oh it's 20 minutes Okay, cool um do you think mental health is portrayed enough in media? And then also adding to that, do you think it's portrayed accurately? Um, It's hard for me to answer this because. Compared to, so let me rephrase that. Do you think your mental disorder is portrayed enough in the media? Jora? please don't jump Fuck no. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen dissociation or any type of personalization in the media and i'm also not gonna clock them for it because only two percent of the, the yeah. world has it you know clock, i'm not like gonna that. be like i'm under like represented yeah. Like, i'm not gonna try to play that because like it's not, rare not a lot of people have it but, but even, also but even disassociating like well, that's a that's very a, common that's what i was gonna say dissociation is common 50 percent of the people have felt it in their life um yeah like, check this bitch we looked it up earlier yeah like I feel like maybe that should be represented more because it's definitely a more I have known like the few people I talk to the, the three people f- <laughs> yeah like a few people have felt it before you know and like I think it's somewhat common and like my therapist really tried to like drill it in my brain that like it's somewhat normal yeah <laughs> I'm sorry George is just chewing on everything We love him though It's somewhat normal I think it's If Going back to what you said before Like when you were in the gym And you first experienced that Do you think If you would have seen it on media before You would have understood What was going on Oh yeah For sure Instead so, Like automatically thinking I was fucking psychotic I had a brain tumor Yeah <laughs> I mean that's also anxiety But um But also everybody The minute that something happens You get a headache You're like brain tumor Yeah exactly But um Thanks, WebMD. Yeah, I think it could be portrayed more. I don't know. I'm not trying to make But me... also, we're not going to clock media, but we also kind of should clock media. No, I think we should an extent of, like... We need to hold them accountable for I things. feel like the only things represented are depression and anxiety, really. And, like, not even really anxiety that much. It's, like, yeah, mostly not just not depression. Much, yeah, not much anxiety. Maybe, like, a little bit, but, mm-hmm. like... And I also don't know if it's completely accurate, but, um, yeah, I guess it would be, it'd be kind of nice to see some dissociation in there. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would comfort people a little bit more to... Yeah, because people deal with it. Or, like, whenever, like, it's cliches, it sounds like you see something on the media, like an actor, actress, or whatever, and some, like, you know, say they're disassociating, you're like, wow, like, that's, like, that's exactly how I felt in that moment, and it's like comforting in a way no it is because having this mental disorder i feel alone a lot of the time because i'm like i don't know anyone else that has this yeah and um two percent of the population yeah but also like it's a lot of people have dissociation too though like i don't really know anyone that has that either like maybe like a few people have experienced it not to the degree that i have it but um i've even considered going to a support group just to meet other people and be like how do you deal with this? Mm-hmm. Or like, just to have someone that's like, oh, I fucking get this, because like I don't have that really, which is fine. Like, I think support groups are awesome, though. Honestly, I've been to yeah. a few of them, and I think they're super good. Super good. That's I literally sound like a of Super ultra. good. God. Um, I think that they're. What's the word I'm looking for? I need to brush up on my vocab. They're helpful because you meet multiple people that share the same experience as you and I don't know if it's necessarily comforting but it just definitely makes you feel like <coughs> wow I'm not crazy because you get that with mental <laughs> you get, with mental illness you definitely get that feeling often like I am actually crazy yeah like I, and I hate to say that word because I definitely think there's like a negative connotation around that oh, that's my personal yeah but like yeah. but also whenever you like even look at stuff on up online or on the media it's like that's the most common thing especially with like disassociating and like depersonalization it's like what from what we were looking online it's like the first automatic sign is people thinking i'm i'm going crazy like there's Mm -hmm. something in my brain that's making me go crazy Mm -hmm. and 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 it's mostly from like disassociating so yeah i definitely Agree with you. I don't think that it's portrayed in the media at all. Even a small cameo would be great. <laughs> <laughs> a small ten-second clip would be incredible. Yeah. Or even like, I don't know, because I guess YouTube's they could on fucking. Okay, I don't want to have to like. I don't want to romanticize my disorder, but like, that'd be kind of a cool clip, honestly. Like a like in a romantic movie or something. Like, I just know exactly how I'd film it. <laughs> Maybe you should do it then and upload it on I don't YouTube. Have fucking resources, bitch! But like, y'all need to respond to this and let me know if you would watch something like that because we ain't got the budget and we don't have the equipment, but we might be able, could, able to do it. No, I could <laughs> like, I could really paint a picture of what it feels like. Yeah, or maybe do some art or something. You know, like something expressive. Like, would that be cool or interesting? Like, let me know, y'all. Okay, do you know those Facebook things that you've been seeing? Oh, oh, that was stupid. Those face a Facebook post where um people draw mental disorders and no, I've never seen that before. Okay, there was one I never see this people about depersonalization, and I was really? like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, sure, but I'm like, do you see this? But it was a picture of a person being like, what's it called? And those things are like puppet, puppet, mm-hmm. and like someone taller but they're the same person like holding them up holding the puppet and i was like wow fuck that's what it feels feels. like bitch yeah you feel like a puppet on a string it was kind of dark drawing but like but also like relatable it was relatable and i was like "Mm, yeah that's about it and it actually kind of felt good to see something drawn about it because i'm like wow people actually know this that's awesome Mm -hmm. i love that for you i think that that's actually really cool i think like um artistic expression you know video recording mm-hmm. art and stuff like that is a really awesome tool for people to also <coughs> um express and also make it relatable for other people because obviously like a video is something that's pretty easy to interpret art art isn't always easy to interpret it, cannot, it just depends on if it's like black and white or like your own personal creation that's has its own interpretation per person, but I definitely think it's a really cool tool that helps people understand their mental illness, and also maybe get more information and come and like you said, it's like like that comforting like or like relief yeah. like oh my gosh like I've never seen anything like this like it's like cool kind of makes you excited in a way like no because I was like oh my god like people know about this yeah yeah that was a crazy moment actually maybe they're part of the two percent what. So maybe they're part of the 2%. Yeah, they just did like... Oh, a bunch of different ones. Like a bunch of different ones. I'll have to look that up. That sounds cool. It was cool. So the last question is the best question, which is why I've saved it for last. It's a two-part question. The second part is very hopeful, very uplifting, and I'm glad it's the last question on the podcast. But the first part of the question is very sad (coughs) and is very deep and... (coughs) I know Elena's dying. I'm so sorry. Do you want water? I have some. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of people that maybe don't want to answer this, which I don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, But I think it's important to talk about because this is something a lot of people with mental illness struggle with. And we need to like make it a reality and not just something that's taboo and like weird and out there because almost every single person experiences this. So the first part of the question, have you ever considered suicide? Um... And I want you to be honest and blunt. If you cry, you cry. I cried on mine, too. I mean, you can say no. That's fine. No, I... I've just never said it out loud. Oh, bitch, you cry. I love you. (laughs) This is just hard. I know. Um... I just want to... say like i'm not suicidal like you can have thought about suicide and never act on it yeah but like the question is like have you ever considered it like have has it ever been a thought in your brain yeah like i'd be better off not living this nightmare it's not even like that for me it's just like you're tired yeah and also like just to escape the feeling yeah like because like I love being alive you know and I love living and stuff but like I get so I feel trapped a lot and like I know like sometimes I just feel like it'd be if I did kill myself like I wouldn't feel, like, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't expect to cry. It's just... I'm sorry. I'm not laughing because I'm... No, it's, it's fine. Laughing. I'm just... I've never said it out loud, but it's just... It's hard because, like... I feel trapped a lot, and, um... I think... I th- it's just hard because, like, sometimes I feel like that'd be the only escape... I also think suicide is like the most rock bottom feeling you can experience yeah. like this is my last resort of peace with yeah, myself. No, that's and you think once this happens I will be at peace and it's and it, and other people will be at peace. It's just it scares me because I I'm not even like Depressed. It's just, like, I want to escape the feeling that I feel. Mm-hmm. It's not because I want to, like, because I have no one or anything like that. It's just, it just feels like the best option sometimes. And, like, it's not, like, I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. It's just, like, you know, when you're in a really fucking dark place and I'm dissociated for hours and days on end. And it's just, like... I'm so tired all the time, like but it's just like I feel like I just need like relief and I need to just like step out and just feel my life and I can't a lot of the time so like sometimes that's comes across my mind that like yeah I if um what was I gonna say? So I think for a lot of people with mental illness specifically, it feels a lot easier than doing, it's like people who are addicts at the same, and you know obviously addiction is like a mental illness as well, but it's like um, the steps of healing yourself and treatment sometimes feels a lot more complex and a lot further away of a goal than just ending your life and I'm not glorifying it in any way obviously but it's like I just I don't even like I don't even want to go to therapy like I don't want to do that like I don't want to take medication like it's like you feel like you said trapped in this bubble or in this box of like am I ever gonna get out like this is exhausting I'm tired I'm tired of feeling this way I'm tired of not knowing not having answers and it's exhausting and it's like like fuck it let's just you know, it's like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do it, but you have that, that split second thought of it would, I feel like it might just be easier. And and I, and I think it's important to recognize that that's the way a lot of people feel like it's the easy option. And that's something that I think makes it so awful is because it is the easy option. Like it obviously is. the more complex option is to go to fucking therapy and take your medication and see a psychiatrist And do your steps and do your shit. But But for some people, it's too much. And it's also, like, exhausting. Like Yeah, going to fucking therapy every week is exhausting. But also, like, working on yourself and taking those steps all the time is... Self-care is exhausting. (coughs) (laughs) It's absolutely exhausting. I have days where it's, like, I'm literally, like, running from my anxiety, like... I don't know how to describe it, but, like, picture a pit and someone in, like, sand falling down and that person just running and running without trying to fall into that pit. Mm-hmm. That's literally how I feel when I'm having, like, a relapse or bad episodes. It's just, like, I'm constantly running from my anxiety and dissociation, and it's just, like, so exhausting just to, like, get through the day sometimes. And, like, it is the easy option, to think to kill yourself Mm -hmm. or like to just that's the out and like I'm never gonna get better I'm not gonna like I'll always feel like this for the rest of my life and it just like that's very daunting to feel Mm -hmm. and it's just like scary too like I'm scared a lot of the time when it comes to my mental disorder and it's just it gets really hard sometimes Mm -hmm. but it gets dark it's so dark sometimes and like i don't think people realize that like how dark it can get until you actually have a mental illness but like it's scary like sometimes how bad it gets and And the and like whenever you're talking about like being scared and like um not knowing and you know what i mean it's like also i think being scared is and and thinking it's never going to get better is it, it's important to just say really quickly that is your brain not- that is your <clears throat> ill brain telling you that that's not the reality of the situation because that's something that was one of the first things that I learned in therapy is like there's a difference between your emotional brain we we'll call it your emo brain and your reality brain your emo brain you use about 80% of the time and your reality brain is kind of the back burner But the reality brain is the one that you need to listen to and the one you need to focus on because these are the facts of the things that are happening. Like, you're not alone. You're not disgusting. You're not a piece of shit. Like, people love you. You have a support system. You can get better. But your emotional brain is sitting there and it's the one that's more powerful and it's telling you those things. And so it's hard to separate the two and it's hard to when you're in that position especially when you're in a moment of relapse or you're going through it currently it's hard to tell it's hard to keep yourself positive it's hard to keep yourself like not wanting to like it's hard to keep yourself from thinking about suicide almost no yeah and like that reality part of my brain probably has kept me alive yeah absolutely (laughs) like it's just, it's hard, and you know I've never actually said this out loud, so I don't know. Well, I, think, I love you. Thank you for sharing. I think that. it's like, like I love you the reality of it. You know, it's yeah. just like bullshit. I think. What I was gonna say before is, and that you probably maybe know this, maybe and maybe you don't, and other people don't know this, but the interesting thing is actually most people in the world have thought about suicide at least once have been thinking I'm driving what if I just drive off the road right now and first and as shitty as this sounds it's the attention seeking part of our brain that wonders what will happen if I die Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird to think about and also kind of makes you either angry or feel dumb but it is because that's I mean I know when I've thought about that in the past that's like like, who will show up at the hospital if I live who will call me who will reach out You don't think that you think about those things. And sometimes people don't, but most people do. Most people will think, will my parents care? Will my friends care if I try to do that? Will they have seen the signs? And it's the attention part of your brain that's thinking, I'm alone. Nobody cares. Nobody would care if I did this. Mm -hmm. And it's scary to think about, but in reality, that's your emotional brain telling you that. The attention part is in the emotional brain. The reality of it is that people do care. And people want you alive. But that's the, the 20% of your brain that you don't listen to or you don't hear very often. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always think about, like, in my really dark times, like, my dad. Yeah. Like, I could not do that to my dad. No, we're Team Ronnie. Ron I know, could not live. I know, but, like... <clears throat> Even, like, attempted suicide and, like, seeing my dad after, like, oh my god. So, this is the second part of my question. Like, I cannot even, like, go there. So, the second part is, if you have considered suicide, why did you choose to live? (laughs) Because I do love my life. Yeah. And, like, I do want to live. And, like... You know, there's even in my darkest hours where it's like I do have these horrible thoughts. It's like I I honestly do think about my dad and like Yeah. I should be thinking about myself more, but it's like I could never do that to my dad. Like I think it's okay to have somebody that's yeah. like they're the reason why you decide to live. I think that's perfectly fine and perfectly healthy. Yeah, and, like, also, like, my friends and, like, the rest of my family and my boyfriend, like, I could not do that. Like, that's just, like, really selfish of me to do that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I've i seen, like, the repercussions of suicide and stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to do that to my family. Like, and that keeps me, like, going, too, It's just, like thinking about all the people that I love and that like I do have good days and I do have good months and like even though sometimes I feel like the bad outweigh the good like I rather do that than like kill myself you know like do you ever think in those moments of um, being like you know no I'm not gonna do that do you think it's because you feel like it's gonna get better no yeah I do like I mean there's some days where I don't but like it's okay to have kinda bad days I kind of like I just have like like a little part of me always being like your reality brain in the back Yeah, it's just going to be like it's going to get better you dramatic bitch. <laughs> you know like yeah. like like it's going to be okay. Yeah, like it's going to be okay. That's in your back of your brain that reality part. That's your friends and your family. Yeah, like telling you and that's yourself telling you it's going to be fine. Like this is only just like a chunk of like yeah you're 21 yeah like this is just a chunk yeah it's like you got another at least another 60 years yeah exactly given that the world doesn't die first we're not gonna talk about that on this podcast but you got another 60 years yeah exactly even then you'll only be 81 that's Mm -hmm. not that old Mm -hmm. well and i got like i got a lot to live i have a lot of things to do absolutely i need to finish college get that degree honey i need to get a degree i want to have kids someday kids absolutely what are some other things what are some goals for you (laughs) looking into the future what are some goals that you're excited about so many things i want to go to germany germany that'd be fun so bad like travel yeah i want to travel i want we were talking earlier about like goals of like financial goals and stuff like that like being able to live alone being like financially stable yeah i want to be able to live alone i think i want to like maybe move out of portland someday to a different city maybe mm-hmm. even bigger city chicago i love chicago <laughs> i love chicago too i, know, I was it's just so beautiful. thinking about that and You know, I have shit to do, and I'm not gonna let this fucking mental disorder, like, keep me back, because this is a bump in the road, and it's coming along with the ride, whether it likes it or not, you know, like... (laughs) absolutely. Strap it in, honey! Yeah, like, we're... It's gonna be a long one, and... Yeah, two years is new. Two years is new, and I don't know, there's just so much to do, and I feel like... Kind of right now, being stuck in college is like a rut, but like oh, after that, you know, yo, people hype college up so much that shit sucks. It's not that great, <laughs> the first, it's expensive. The and it first sucks. year, you're stoked to be able to be out of the house uh-huh. and drink and whatever, have sex, whatever. <laughs> but after that, you're just like, this sucks. Yeah, it, 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 it the harsh reality sets in <laughs> quick, yeah, and then you're just like, all right, well, I'll get this degree, but then. You have the goal of, I'm gonna get a degree. I'll get my bachelor's. I'll get my associate's. No, the goal my, keeps me going. Yeah, it's like you have that part of your reality brain, like, I have to get that, you know? I think that's an important thing about suicide is, and something I talked to my counselor about is, um, you, <laughs> you constantly, it's, and I don't want to sound toxic when I say this, but it's like, little goals every day that keep you going, mm-hmm. like- you know, it, like I said before, it's totally fine, like, you're talking about your dad and your friends and your significant other that keep you going, but it's also, like, I need to graduate college or, like, you know, you have a cat. It's, like, you're, oh like, my I need to freaking take care of my cat who's gonna take care of my damn cat when I'm not here, like. Yeah, like. Things that just keep you going, if they're not, you know, for some people, it's, like, for me, I don't like really long-term goals to make myself feel good because those aren't reality for me and i've had a lot of times when i've been able when things have been taken away from me that i like or that i want to do so i like you know weekly goals or monthly goals or something like that but other people are like bitch i need to get this to goddamn degree no that really has kept me going yeah like it's it's kind of stupid but like no it's not stupid at all i just because there was a point where i wasn't in school and i hadn't Mm-hmm. working at natural groceries and i was like fuck my life like there was <laughs> like no this sucks this yeah there again. was no goal at the end of the light and i was like what am i living for exactly yeah that's, i think that's the important question to ask when you think about things like that that that's been me every time and and i hope that's been you and other people is like you need to ask yourself what am i living for yeah why am i here and what is my and it's hard and i think Growing up, I had a lot of mixed opinions and a lot of bad opinions about religion. I still have mixed feelings about religion, but I understand it more. It's a lot more complex than I had originally thought that it was. Because having something to live for keeps you going. It does. And I have no vendetta with fucking religion, but i kind of have a vendetta but also that's just like a personal experience oh me too i, under- I understand <laughs> me too. why other people are religious it's not No, funny. i totally get it it's I don't particularly like something religion. to believe in and something yeah. to live for and i get it and my goal right now i keep myself motivated and keep going is just to finish fucking college because this has been a goal mine since i was fucking 16 years old <laughs> and i'm gonna fucking do it and it's Absolutely. gonna take a few more years than i anticipated but it's coming. But it's still gonna happen. And that's what I'm living for right now. And it's, living for college is not great, but it's what I got right now. And it's working. You're here. You're right. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I love you so much. I love you so much. Elena is, like, one of my oldest friends. My other friend, Cambria, is also <laughs> one of my other oldest friends. And Sylvia, shouts out if y'all listen. But me and Elena have been, like, BFFs for, like, 10 years. It's and been a long <laughs> It's try. been a long ride. We've had our ups and downs. Yes, we have. But... I also love you to death, and thank you for being vulnerable and talking to people, and I hope whenever people listen to this, they understand that, like, this shit's real. This shit is real. And it affects every single person you know. I fucking cried. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it affects people you know, like I said before, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your best friends, your parents, your siblings, peers, you know, people at school, sits next to you in class, it affects everybody that you know. And it's important to reach out and talk to your friends and get them to open up about things and get them help and support that they need. So I love you. I love you, too. Thank so you. So much. Thank you. <laughs> Can I plug my Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. You didn't even let me plug it. Oh, plug your Instagram. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. It's Straubs Girl. Girl G R L. PRL. I don't know. I don't know. Follow me on Twitter, Ellen Robinson. I'll tag. I'll tag her in the post whenever I post this. Bye, guys. Bye.